four this morning. I, I just, um, I was thinking, oh, I want to be like Nico and get one of those cool titles for my messages. So, oh, it's already in there. The tipping point. <laughs> so I, I wanted to share this story with you guys that I've kind of been reading. And, um, man, just real quick, uh, flashback on last week. Um, we've been going through the study of, of James, and we just started last week of uh, the topic of, well, verse James 1, 1 to 12, talked about counting your trials as joy. And who was able to go to a home group this past week? Yeah? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, it was great. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for those of you who weren't able to, it's all good. There's another new week coming, um, but we are going through the book of James, and we just had a great week talking about what it means to count your trials as joy. And and the one, the home group that my husband and I went to this, um, it was Tuesday. We went to the Vallejo home group, and it was it was great. We had a really great discussion on on that. But um, we're I'm I'm going to be I'm not necessarily going to be going through the next part of James today, but if, if it comes out, it's going to come out. Um, I just feel like God had a different word this morning. So if everybody has a Bible, does everyone have one yet? Yeah. Exodus 3, 1 to 4. Um, version, by the way. So it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush saying, Moses, Moses, or probably like Moses, Moses. <laughs> and Moses said, here I am. And that's um, Exodus 3, 1 to 4. So the title of my message today, I felt it would be fitting to title it The Tipping Point, as you can see on the screen, because I felt like this story right here um, depicted the tipping point for Moses. He was 80 years old when this happened to him. And, um, you know, I think we are, as a church, are at a tipping point season. Um, as a body, and maybe individually for some of us, you might be finding yourself in a, in, in a tipping point, a point where you feel like there's, there's been momentum building up and God's about to do something you just don't really know or, I don't know, things have been kind of building up in your life and you're just like, God, what was the purpose of all these things that I've been going through? Well, I feel like we're at a tipping point as a church. And for me, in my own personal life, 
I feel like I am at a tipping point being pregnant because, I mean, there's only one thing that's going to come out. It's a baby. And I, I'm, I've been going through the journey of already just envisioning what it's going to be like to be a mom, what it's going to be like to, to, to raise another human being, which is so nuts. It's such a miracle that life even starts the way that it starts. Um, I've just been going through so many emotional highs and lows too because you know the hormones go crazy when you're pregnant and you you just I want to cry when I look at a really good piece of chocolate cake like or I want to cry when like just when someone cuts me off on the freeway like I I just get so emotional okay so I I, I feel like I'm at a tipping point there's just things building up my stomach's getting bigger. I'm really pregnant, and I have two more weeks. God is God is so good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just bursting with expectation, even though even though it's sometimes I'm just feeling oh my gosh what is going on. I'm at a tipping point. We all are. We're at a tipping point in, in some in whatever season we're in. But um. Verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. It says, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So here we see Moses in his normal everyday routine, and he's what? He's tending sheep. How many of you know that God loves to meet us in the most mundane moments of our, of our lives? Right? If you are, um, if you uh, work full time, if you stay at home full time, um, you, if you, um, whatever you do full time, you change diapers full time, you uh, uh, wash cars full time, I don't know, whatever you do full time, um, God loves to meet us in our most normal places. And here we see Moses, he is in his normal everyday routine. He's keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. And um, uh, just to note, Moses had been tending sheep for 40 years. He had been doing this for a very long time. He had been, I, I mean, just imagine yourself, put yourself in his shoes. 40 years of just, your friends are sheep. Like, you, that's all you do every single day. But a little background to see why this is so significant. So Moses, he was a Hebrew by birth, but if you guys know his story, who's watched, uh, what is it called? Uh, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Prince of Egypt. Who knows that movie? Has anyone ever watched it? My husband loves to sing that part where they're like, yeah, where they're like, I don't know, they're like, la, 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 la. Like, that's, he always sings that part, and then when I hear it, I'm like, babe, it's your song. Um, so, if you if you watch that movie, it, it's, it, it talks about kind of his background, but um, Moses was a Hebrew by birth, but he was given up by his mother to save him from the Pharaoh's uh, command that all Hebrew boys at that time be cast into the Nile River to die, so his mom made a basket of reeds for him to float inside of. And the craziest thing is that the Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in that reed basket and decided to take him as her own. And so he spends the first 40 years of his life growing up in the Pharaoh's court. 
So he escaped this crazy command that the Pharaoh made, saying all Hebrew boys be cast into the Nile to die. He escaped, and he ironically grew up in the Pharaoh's court. So that was 40 years, and then until one day he sees an Egyptian um, beating up one of his own people, his own Hebrew people, and he murders that guy. And the next day, some, some Hebrews um, basically call him out. They're saying, oh, are you going to murder us just like you murdered that um, Egyptian man? And he is ashamed and he flees, uh, he's afraid for his life. He flees for exile into the land of Midian where he meets Jethro, the priest of Midian, and his, and his wife, uh, Zipporah. So here we see Moses, uh, the next 40 years he spends there in hiding and he's tending sheep at the right old age of 80. Hallelujah. So I don't even know what you can do tending sheep <laughs> at the age of 80. But after all he's been through, he, this probably felt like the most mundane part of his life. How anticlimactic, right? You, you grew up in the Pharaoh's court. You learned the ways of royalty. You, you grew up educated and for what? To tend sheep? Like for 40 years? Tending sheep was considered a low position in society at that time too. So he was probably like, wow, I wasted my life. In verse 2, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Let me take a breath here. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Now, bushes were not rare sightings in the desert in those days. If you put yourself in Moses' shoes, imagine yourself. You're just doing what you've been doing every day for 40 years. And as you're leading your sheep to come, um, to come with you to different places, you happen to see this particular bush. And it's like, oh, okay, no big deal. Like, there's bushes in the desert, right? Nothing out of the regular. Um, but from far away, you notice that it's burning. You're like, oh, it's the desert. It's it's hot. You know, that's okay. You know, it's probably it's, it probably just caught on fire because it's like 110 degrees out here right now. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that Moses decides to turn aside to see what was going on. Um, notice verse one says, or verse two, it says that he looked. First, and then he said, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight. He goes from merely looking to changing his position to see better. And I just think that's really interesting that he changed his position. Um, there's different positions that we have to be in um, if we want to go see something really amazing, right? Like I went to Disneyland with Nico for our baby moon. And you know, at the end of the night, they have these really cool um, events, uh, really cool firework displays, uh, like Fantasmic and, um, what is the other one? World of Color. And Fantasmic was the only one that was available the night that we were there um, a couple months ago. And me being super pregnant, I'm like, I don't even know if I'll be able to see this like show. But I, I try to, I try to get in position because I want to see, I want to see the show close up. And I, I come from, I, I'm walking 
but walking by myself because Nico wants to go to he was riding Space Mountain and I was like, it's okay babe, do your thing. This is my sacrifice because I can't ride it with you. You ride Space Mountain, I'm gonna go find a spot so I can watch this firework show. So he's riding Space Mountain and I'm like walking, I'm like, how can I see this show? And I'm like so tired, my feet hurt, so I just sit down on on these ground level stairs in front of um I forget the, the different places that they have at Disneyland, but in front of the show, but there are people, um, there are people, everyone's sitting down too. And then all of a sudden, everybody in front of me stands up. And I'm like, I can't see anymore. And then I stand up, I still can't see because I realize <laughs> I'm not close enough. I'm not close enough to, to, to get that, um, what is it, the VIP. I didn't know there was a VIP standing area apparently to watch these, you know, um, what is it called again? Phantasmic. <laughs> so getting in position is important, right? And if you, if you wanna watch, if you wanna get good seats in a basketball game, you wanna be in the front, right? You wanna be on the floor, right? I, um, I don't know what else, but you, you, you fill in the blanks. We all need to get in better positions if we wanna see things better. Yeah. And Moses, he sees this bush and it's burning and he decides, to turn aside to see what was going on. And you know, there are things in our life that God allows to seem a little out of place because it's an invitation to change our position. And I think that's something that happens that I, I, I felt like that was significant in this turn, in this uh, tipping point for Moses, that something so normal became unusual to him and it caught his attention. And he decided not just to say, oh, from afar, that's cool, but he changed his position, he turned aside. And you know what's, what's funny is God doesn't change it for us. He doesn't change, he doesn't change the, the um, he doesn't change the position for us. He waits for us. He waits for us to do that. As we can see in verse 4, it says, When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Moses had to not just look. He had to turn aside. He had to change his position. Where in your life do you feel like God is calling you to change your position so that you can see this thing better? What is that unusual thing in your life that maybe not, might not be completely out of the ordinary, but it's there and you've noticed it? God's inviting us to lean in and to change our position, to turn aside and to see what's up with that God. And you know, I wonder when I read this passage, why did God wait until he had Moses' attention? Because he could have hollered from the bush like five miles away, right? Like, Moses, save your energy, you're 80. <laughs> I will speak to you from five miles away. <laughs> this is your assignment, okay? Like, he could have helped Moses out, right? Moses had been doing this for 40 years, but he waited for Moses to see, to turn aside, and to get closer. He, he is waiting for us to lean in to what he's doing. You know, I, I, I just think it's so frustrating but so amazing that God uses these things in our lives. He uses 
little things in our lives to try and catch our attention to see, if, are we paying attention? Are, am I paying attention to what God is doing in the most mundane things in my life? Because little do I know that there's an invitation there for revelation. There's an invitation for revelation, but it started with Moses taking that step. And so um, I have a couple minutes, and so I, I, wanna, I want to just share a few more things, but God, God spoke to him from this burning bush, and thus starts the new chapter of Moses' journey. And how, how many of you are familiar with Moses' journey of leading the Israelites, leading, yeah, leading the people um, to freedom, to the promised land? through the very land that he tended his sheep through for 40 years. Imagine that, for 40 years, at 80 years old, it's the same land that he's leading his sheep, that he leads the people of God through to the promised land. For what seemed as another mundane day turned out to be the moment God chose as a tipping point for Moses' assignment. And um, we tend to see Moses' big moment and think, Man, I can't wait for my own big burning bush moment. But we overlook where we're at. You know, social media is so awesome because, you know, we can see what someone else is doing uh, millions of miles away. But I think sometimes, I mean, we, we're all starting to discover this, I think, but social media can be really misleading because it's just a lot of big moments and a lot of people's big celebrate, celebratory moments and, and people's arrivings. And, you know, we always want to celebrate arriving as a society, but we compare our arrivings to other people's arrivings. And then little do we know that we begin to stray from the lane that God has designed and marked out for us because we're trying to make our arriving look like the next person's arriving and we're scrolling and scrolling through our phones. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to Young and old here because everybody here has either a Facebook or an Instagram or um, a Snapchat. But you know how it is when you look at your phone and you see somebody's big moment and you're like, wow, when is my big moment going to come? When is my moment going to come? And I'm sure Moses was thinking that at 80 years old. I'm done. I have no more big moments. I'm just tending sheep. But I want to encourage you guys this morning. I, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in just sharing the story of Moses. But I know I have a few more minutes. But my heart was to encourage those of you who you feel like you've just been in this process of waiting and of working for so long, and you just don't really know what the purpose is of why you're doing what you're doing. I want to encourage you that there's a tipping point hiding in the most normal place, hiding in the most mundane moment of your everyday life. But God is inviting us to lean in. He's inviting us to lean in even in the midst of the obscurity. Because see, Moses was not known during those 40 years when he was tending sheep. He was in obscurity, he was in hiding. And God, values that hiding season in our lives when nobody sees what you're doing when nobody knows the sacrifices that you're giving up when when nobody sees what you just did 
when no one's there to applaud you and be like, oh my gosh, good job, like, you did such a good job with that. If when no one's there to applaud you and pat you on the back, God is, God sees you in those moments. And he's using those moments to shape who you are, to shape us. And, you know, we all need to go through this process of obscurity. We all need to go through this process of hiding and where we let God shape us from the inside out. And um, last thing is, you know, God is wanting to make new wine in us as a church. And I think that's a tipping point for us is are we willing to lean in to whatever crushing that needs to happen in our lives for this new wine to come out? The promise of God gives our crushing a purpose. And God's promise is that he would never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But we need to go through the process, guys. And um, I want to I wanna encourage us to not be careful to, to compare our, our processes with what the person beside us is going through and what we see when we scroll through our phones and what we... What we, what we see just around us. Moses went through a crushing. Moses went through a hiding place. Moses had to lean in. He had to change his position. And I want us all to stand this morning. And I just want to encourage you guys um, that this is the process that we're in right now. You know, Zechariah 4.10 says, Don't despise the day of small beginnings. And I don't think that's just a verse for, for young people who still have years of life ahead of them. I think that's for everybody. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Young or old, God wants to do something in your life. Yeah. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And he loves you. But this crushing, this, this, this thing that's happening to you in what seems like a hiding place, in what seems like a super mundane place, who knows if it's the tipping point. But if we just lean in, if we just lean in, I just wonder what God could do. I really do. And I want to encourage you guys with this last verse, Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And I, I feel that, you know, it's powerful that it says God's not going to do that for you. He doesn't lift your hands for you or strengthen your weak knees for you. He, he fills, what he does is he fills us with his spirit. He fills us with the Spirit to overflow so that we can lift our drooping hands and we can strengthen what remains because God is wanting to empower a people. He's wanting to empower us to be able to walk, to walk in the power of His, of his Spirit. And so today, I don't know where you guys may be at in your specific seasons, but I... My simple desire this morning is to encourage you 
is to encourage you that what you're going through right now is has purpose. There is purpose to everything that you're walking in right now. And I pray, God, this morning, Lord, that every person in this room would find hope. God, in, in, in the mundane, in the boring things, and in the difficult things, I pray, God, that we would find hope today. And I pray that you would bring comfort to those who are just struggling through certain things right now, God. I pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom and revelation for the things that are on their plate, God. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill all of us anew, God, that we would be empowered to walk this lane, to stay in this lane that you've given us, God. Because, God, you are doing a new thing. You're doing a new thing. I really do believe it. And so, God, would you help us to yield to that? So God, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your presence. We love you. And we just ask that you have your way in this.